0: Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Fer Neiman.
1: Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Here again today talking about our closing documents for the close of the year. In our last episode, we covered a bill of sale and why that's important for the purchase of mobile homes, especially when you're buying them with the park, especially if you're buying them in a in a larger group, as opposed to a one-off from a, from a seller in town. This is from buying it from a park. Next, we're going to go talk about kind of a companion document. And this is your assignment of leases and assumption agreement. This is different than an assignment of a purchase contract, like when you're wholesaling to try to get a fee. The assignment of leases is really important because it it's basically when the lessor you know, the seller the landowner and sometimes the homeowner if you're buying park owned homes so you really need to make sure you get get either a single uh, double purpose assignment leases or get two separate assignment leases this is when you're making sure you're getting all of the rights as landlord these are things like rights to back rent rights to uh, possession of the homes or possessions of the land rights to enforce the rules yeah you know, blah 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 um, this is just really important if you get a disputes this is important for indemnification pr- uh, provisions and purposes because there's a fixed date and time typically simultaneous to closing where if the previous guy didn't rent to somebody because they were white black or purple I can say, look, that's not my problem. I didn't do that. I did, this, this was two days before closing or three weeks before closing. Don't come after me. I can prove that I was not the lessor, and this guy indemnified me, Go so go sue him. And really, it just also helps for tax purposes. If you're going to forgive back rent, it's going to help for eviction purposes. You have the rights sort of standing. And then also, you enter the lease. You have the ability to modify lease, let people out of the leases early, enforce rules, fines, etc. So, assignment of leases is an important closing document. You got to make sure you have this. It's the, much of it is boilerplate. At the beginning, it's the typical whereas clauses, the, the, the name of the lessor, which in this document is typically called the assignor. The same, the name of the assignee, the date. It's got the history of the real estate contract, the simultaneous asset purchase of the personal property, if there is any, the which is the park-owned home bill of sale, you know, and then just the standard assignee wishes to assume the rights, title, interest, and obligations. Assignor wishes to transfer the same. Those are what are called the recitals. And then there's a formal, for, formal phrase of acceptance and assumption of risk. But as the buyer, the less, the new lessor in this document, the assignee, what you really want is the assignor to represent. And that's a big deal in real estate, representations and warranties. They want to represent and warrant that the lot leases listed on Exhibit B are the only ones. You want to make sure there's not any hidden leases. You you want to make sure you have true and complete copies of the leases, if any, including all amendments, addendums, extensions, exhibits. There too, There are no oral modifications that the assignor has performed all obligations under the lease that the assignor is not default on any of the leases, that there's currently no litigation pending related to them, that the assignor has not assigned its interest to another person or entity, that no person or entity has a right to use any portion of the real property for free or at a rental rate. Sometimes this kind of stuff, by the way, is accepted. And as long as you know, like I recently worked on a case where there's three or four siblings that owned this property together in an LLC, and the one brother had been living on the property and helping mom and dad run it for 50 years and he was i don't know 75 years old and it was a, it was a sticking point of the deal that he got to have a what's called a life estate which basically means he got to live there lot rent free until he died and you know he could have lived for another 30 years but realistically he probably won't live for 10 more years so my client who was the buyer you basically had to factor in okay that's $300 times 12 months times 10 years okay that's 36,000 bucks is this guy going to live that long? And you need to take that into pricing consideration. I don't know if that's ever been a deal breaker, you know, for anybody, but there's there is an economic impact to that kind of term. So in this case, that provision that no one has free or discount rental rate that would not have been accurate. So they would have struck that in a red line. Um, and then really, this next the next representation is that all performant all tenants are performing their lease obligations as required. Again, unless there's an exception, so we we typically do is we ask for a certified rent roll every month of due diligence and at the day of closing, and that's used for prorations on the closing statement. And I'll go through closing statements here in an, another episode, but it's good for prorations, and it's it's also helpful. The certified rent roll allows you to track security deposits and the transfer of those, which also is included as part of the assignment of leases. And also, typically, the buyer this is my bias the buyer gets the rights to any back rent. And future rent. Now that's different, distinct. If the for the month of closing. So like right now, as I record this is December 21. If I were to close today, if the seller has not collected December rent, we could do one to two things on this lease. release. The seller could get credit for December rent. In which case, I get my last 10 days. But if the seller has not collected it. They're going to say, hey, if you ate, if you later collect, I want to be reimbursed because they basically already gave me 10 days that. that that I was already paid for, and I would be getting, I would be double dipping. So I got to pay them the 21 days worth. And the other way of doing it would just be to say, hey, the seller did not get the December rent, so they don't give me any of it. You know, I got a receivable for the first 21 days and the last 10 days. As the buyer, I, I don't want to really unjustly enrich the seller for not doing their job of collecting rent. Now, if this is on the second. It's a little different. This is generally not the month of closing. is generally not a big one to to fight over um, because there's probably a Pretty good expectation that'll be collected if the history is good. It's if you've got something that's 11 months behind, there's no way the sellers should get credit for 11 months. So typically, the buyer gets credit for that back rent. But I want to make sure that's crystal clear in my assignment of leases because what I don't want is the day after I buy, the sellers out there shaking down my tenants or garnishing their pay or something like that. And realistically, they don't have a big stick because they can't take the home anymore. They can't evict them for possession. But I don't want them shaking down my tenants. This is typically this is not as big a deal in the mobile home park space because if they haven't paid, they're probably not going to pay back rent. And as, as a buyer, you can maybe get them to just try to get current and start paying future rent. That usually works okay if you say I'll forgive the five years. I've literally bought parks so where there's five years of back rent, and say I'm not going to ever get the five years worth out of you. But I've had some people pay six months worth, and then I've had people just start getting caught up. So that's really important. Um, when I used to do retail, I had, uh, I think it was CVS, man. They were behind like two and a half years on taxes somehow. And it was just the other landlord wasn't making them pay it. It was it was a substantial number, like $57,000 or something. And we didn't put up with that. We're just like, you need to pay us or we're evicting you. And they're like, okay, fine. And they paid. But for a minute there, it's was like, why the heck is this a problem? Are they going to go belly up? No, they, just, they were just for being stubborn, so to speak. But in mobile, they, had, they had the ability to pay. They just weren't. This wasn't their base rent. This was what's called triple nets, and this is their taxes, which I won't get into any more of a tangent than I already have. Um, not really a big deal in MHP, but you still want to get the back rent and future rents. This provi- this document also has a mutual indemnification provision that I mentioned. I'd like to be mutual. That generally makes the seller more comfortable, and it makes sense, right? Good for the goose, good for the gander, and. Um, you typically will also have an assign, a successors and assign provision, which basically says this, it in order to the benefit of the successors. I mean, if, if I die the day before closing or the day after closing, my entity or my successor in interest gets the benefit of this. Sometimes you have the standard uh, execution and counterparts, the cost of enforcement, jurisdiction, those kind of standard legalese phrases that nobody ever reads, to be honest. And then you got your who's your signature blocks, assigner, assignee, your exhibit A with the legal description, your exhibit B, and that's where you list the actual lot leases. And typically it's the lot number, the resident name, the lot rent, the security deposit, if there's any back due balance. And then I typically put another little provision at the bottom that basically is a catch-all, like you know, assign or the less so as less or certifies the above rent will be accurate as the day of closing. And his sign or has not provided a signee with any written leases for the property, and that's the template I'm looking at. Has not provided written leases, which was the case in one of these um, that I did recently. But if, if there are written, you wanted to say a signer has provided all copies of written leases, and there are no others other than set forth above. This one I'm looking at here was recent where the guy's like, I don't have written leases. It's a So I'm like, well, I want you to at least sign off so that nobody comes out of the woodwork day after closing and says they got a 10-year dollar per year lease. So anyway, important closing document. I feel like this gets missed, to be honest, in like half the projects I work on. Not not the ones I work on, but they would be, I guess, where I tell the seller, hey, look, I got a draft and assignment of leases, and they're like, what is that? And this is sometimes even like professional buyers that have owned the property for two or three years. They just, I don't know, for some reason this isn't that popular. Um, it's a really easy document. I mean, it takes, I don't know, half an hour for me to prepare one. I don't know why people don't do do this. It's not that complicated. If you if you play this like three times, you probably can just plagiarize my entire document. But don't do that. That's that might be illegal. I don't think that was legal actually. It's probably not. Frankly, I don't care. It's that's what I'm here for education. I'm looking. I'm not looking for your thirty minute gig. But anyway. Uh, make sure you do it right. That's part of the purpose here, right, is educate people to do this right. You know, get your, get your bill sale right, your assignment of leases, your warranty deed, your owner's affidavit, your title policy, your, your loan docs like your promissory note, your assignment of rents, your deed of trust, your mortgage, those sort of things. We'll go over some of those when we get time. But for today, uh, just make sure you get your assignment of leases right. Until next time, God bless. Merry Christmas.